Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Taylor Hall with My Way. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Hello, um, Nicole, and hello, Gregory. Hello, Carl. How are you? Hello, Nicole. I just thought of something funny, but um, mm. and my sister probably is going to get mad at me by saying this, but I just realized, I was thinking about my, my, my nephew's names are Gregory and Peter. Hmm. And the other day I was just like, you know, for some reason thinking about the names of the boys on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and it was Pete Gregory, Peter, and then Bobby. I get, so I said, Linda, did you name my, my nephews after the Brady Bunch boys? <laughs> anyway, stupid. Ah, man. I've been, I've been on a uh, kind of a, a partially family kick recently. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the Brady's are probably next. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that show? There are certain shows that don't like for some reason the monkeys. I love the monkeys, but it doesn't. It doesn't translate. You can't do it anymore. It doesn't age. But for some reason, the, the Parsons family is ages. It's cool. I can yeah, still watch it. That it's is really... Little House on the Prairie. Apparently, <laughs> anyway, well, tell we... it. We've done that thing where we didn't talk about the Taylor song. Hall. Yeah, yeah, I like that track. Really, you yeah. know, it's, it's 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 like it's got a seventies R and B thing. It's yeah, not terrific just... mix. Terrific mix. I, I like some of that boom down, boom down, boom down. Some of that bass shit. I love great. what they've done, and I don't typically like things that are kind of hip hop influenced, but uh, this was very pleasant, and I thought the mix was spectacular. You sound so 
like an old guy right there. I know, <laughs> I know. I, I can't help it. I just don't. I love what these young kids are doing with the drum beats. I did. I did. She who don't not, don't get me on this hip hop. She she will who not be named. Um, I I watched her tiny desk concert, uh, and I confirmed for myself that. I don't like the way she writes songs, so I'm I'm good. I, you know, I, I don't want to create. I don't want to yeah. like criticize anymore. Yeah. I just, I think she needs. To, you know, I think she knows it too. She needs. She's, she's getting oversaturated. She needs to go away. <laughs> I think well, it's starting to happen. I mean, I guess you didn't what think we it was sh- possible. <laughs> we probably should dive into then what happened at the Grammys. Well, yeah, she, she announced her new album, right? Announced her new album. Used the Grammys as April. a platform for a new yeah, a new record. Yes. What was this thing that happened with Celine Dion? Okay, so I have many things to say about the Uh-oh. Grammys because oh, I sat down go. and watched the three entire hours of it. Gosh. Um, just for research purposes, You're obviously, for this podcast. Than I am. Yeah, I, I, um, I didn't watch it. So, one with Taylor Swift, everyone thought she was going to be announcing Reputation, which is, is what it is. The fact that she's announcing a new album, one, where does she have the time to record all of these things? And two, she's in the middle of a world tour of, like, all of her albums. So, like, how is this going to fit in considering she's only halfway through it? Who knows how much stuff she got in the can already? You know? yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. So mm-hmm. that was one thing. The Celine Dion thing, I personally didn't think what of it happened? as... I, I don't so, know. I don't even know what it is. What yeah. happened? So what happened was right before the Grammys, the chairman, like, tweeted something like, you're never going to believe who we got to present album of the year. Like, your jaws are going to be on the floor. Everyone thought it was going to be Beyonce, which it wasn't. And I'll come back to that because I was mm. utterly annoyed yeah, And what's with the with... white wig and the cowboy hat? What is she doing? <laughs> no, no. I didn't mind that. I was more mad about Jay-Z and how he right, basically right, right. took I, that I, whole I, like I... legacy award and then made it like, my wife never won album of the year. And like, you know, you're about to give it to someone who's won it three times. Is that what Kanye blah, blah, West blah, blah, blah. did about Beyonce with it, Taylor Swift years it ago? It is. And right. it's one of those things like... You got some people who are up in arms about it, but then you've got the rational people who are like, Beyonce's had some really great singles, but album-wise, has her albums ever actually been that good? Like, is she just know. a singles person? Or I can't even tell you person? one song Beyonce's ever done. <laughs> but, Beyonce, but the thing is, she's won 34 Grammys for singles, so her yeah. music is good in their eyes. She's won 34 Grammys? 34 Grammys. So what are yep. they complaining about? I think, exactly. the value, I think the value of the Grammy goes down with... It, it does. Circumstances but, like that. I hate to say it, but so, you know my name used to be for her. I used to call her Be Nonsense. Be- <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're about to upset the entire beehive with that. <laughs> um, so with the Celine Dion thing, no one really knew who was going to be presenting this award. So well, because she's been sick and everyone thought she's right. She has stiff person syndrome. Which I think so, is, a, is a made-up disease. What does that even mean? Like, but it's, like, one of, it's, it's a neurological I thing. know, but can't they find a cooler name? Stiff person syndrome. So... <laughs> People, when when she announced Taylor Some Swift... Someone bend backwards syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so when she announced Taylor Swift as the winner, Taylor and Jack Antonoff and Lana Del Rey and all those people were up on stage and she was hugging everyone who came up and whatnot, but she didn't hug Celine Dion. Maybe now, she was people, too fragile. She was too fragile. Or something. No, no. So people were up in arms, like, "Oh my gosh, she dissed Celine Dion, but she's up there hugging everyone and blah blah blah." One, she was genuinely looked blindsided that she even won this award. She, in her mind, did not think she was going to win it. Who? Taylor. Like, if you saw her reaction when the camera panned to her, she didn't even realize that her name had been called. That's ridiculous. I don't believe that. Guy. <laughs> so she expected to win everything. Huh? Two. <laughs> 
she owns Two, the planet. Right. Come on. <laughs> she must have been briefed because you don't really, with someone who has the stiff person syndrome, you don't really hug them. You don't touch them. Like it's it touching. She could have gestured to them. But what she did was, and what the camera didn't pick up is when Celine gave Taylor the award, Taylor said, thank you. And Celine said, you're welcome. So people are just missing that there was a connection there. And when they were backstage, they did interact. Yeah, but she this, did this, thank this them, is even so. a thing. Like, it what? is a thing. Yeah, that's, well, how, that's how boring the, the awards were. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I saw something on social networks about it, about the big diss, and I'm thinking to and myself, and it's not oh, even a diss. You know, like, yeah, it's, it, it's so stupid. So weird. Why don't we concentrate on the fact that Billy Joel performed at the Grammys and he yeah. actually did fairly well? Let me tell you something. Well, Billy Joel can still do it, pretty much. He, he, well, he I love his, his new single. Off. What yeah. bugged me about that, though, I dug it too when I first heard it. I go, wow! Then I found that he didn't write it. What? He didn't write that song. Who wrote wow. it? Wow, who wrote some, it? Some guy, you know, oh, you didn't know that? No. Some guy named Freddie Wexler. He he he, he, he kind of co-wrote it, I think. Yeah, that, that was a co-write. Of Wexler? Of Wexler Entertainment? I don't know. This guy named Freddie Wexler, he met in Sag Harbor, some young songwriter in his 30s. Got a hold oh, of him. Oh, the same guy. You know, yeah, and like condiment to singing this song that he wrote and there might yeah. be some nepotism there because the wexlers have been in the entertainment business for 50 years i don't know if it's that yeah. i can't yeah. believe you guys don't know that yeah. Yeah, no. billy, i don't think billy says he co-wrote it i don't think he wrote it at all yeah so it was written by freddie wexler arthur lafrance bacon billy joel and wayne hector yeah and uh, it was produced these... it was produced by freddie wexler and right. it was co-produced by emily hayne so well, what i loved about it it's a real billy joel type song a little, a, a little cabaret for me, but you know, but that's what he can do anyway. But I thought it was great. I loved it when I first heard it. I, I really enjoyed it. To my surprise, my parents did not. Really, they, they Billy Joel they, fans. They're huge Billy Joel fans. Like Billy yeah. Joel is wow. one of Billy Joel and John Mellencamp are like two of the artists that I know growing up with in our household, and like Michael yeah, Jackson. Right, right. But they said it. They it didn't remind them of. They thought that Billy was going to come out with like a new sound and stuff like that. And I was like, why would he? No, He's I love selling that. out <laughs> Madison Square Garden. It's nostalgic. I like, love that he, right, sta- right. he stayed to what Billy Joel yeah. does. He did a Billy Joel song. So I think that they were disappointed that it wasn't a new sound. This is his first single. Like twenty plus years. What so. was the single best moment since you invested the three hours and Carla and I did not? What was the single best sixty seconds of that broadcast? I think there's two. One, it was Billy Joel because I always enjoy seeing him. Yeah, I can't was, find that anywhere. By the way, I can't find that performance. Yeah, well, he performed right before album of the year, and then he took like the once Taylor got off the stage, he performed again like one of his older songs. And then two, I really enjoyed Trevor Noah, the host of it, even though I think people were annoyed by him. I enjoyed the fact that he brought up the TikTok universal debacle that's going on, but threw it back at TikTok because to me, a lot of people are getting down on universal about it. But in my mind, and Carl, you know, you and I have talked about this before. TikTok's a platform. It's not a streaming platform. It's not a music platform, no matter how much it says it's going to be. And you don't own it. So, like, if you are investing all this time and money as an artist into this platform, but your music is also owned by a record label because you signed a deal with them, you don't own anything. So you have to have multiple different ways that your music is going to be received by the artist and not get mad when the people that you gave your rights over to decide this isn't a good deal for us, for artists, because of the, the pennies it gives us based off of the millions that TikTok is bringing in. I agree. So he threw it back at them, and I really enjoyed that in the opening 
So he threw it back at TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. which a lot of people haven't. They've a lot of people have just been complaining like, oh, Universal, they took my music down. They didn't give us notice. Blah blah. You knew that the contract was coming up. You knew that they were in talks about it. They even sent it out to their artist explaining why they decided not to re-sign with them. And artists, even from smaller labels who are like a subsidiary or an umbrella label under UMG, got their music taken down. That's a, you have to read the fine line and the details when it comes to what you're signing. And I think a lot of artists don't realize that. And this is an eye-opening wake-up call for them. They've never realized You know, that. another thing, now tell me if I'm a bad person. I might be a bad person. I don't know. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this. Joni Mitchell. Okay. Let me let me let me let, let, let me give my let me give let me give my did two cents first. I did see a few I, minutes I did of that. That was my, this my theory is this like for one, Joni Mitchell is was phenomenal. She's Absolutely. phenomenal. No, she is phenomenal. Yeah. From from the seventies. She was like she was in and you gotta remember, she was also in, in a, such a boys' club back in the seventies. And she held her own and even bedded, you know, all those guys, Neil Young, Jackson Brown. She was like she plays guitar better than all of them. She sang better than them. The lyrics were incredible. She was um, I think she is the the quintessential chick singer songwriter. She is the mold. You know? Anyway. Now jump to now, she's But have 80. some self-awareness. Right, that's my feeling. I'm sorry, why? Okay, so you are legendary and you are amazing, but why do you? must you make me sit through you being this, this sad echo of yourself? Slapping your cane in time on the, on the am stage. I, am I wrong? Like, no, you, no, you're not wrong. You're not no, wrong. I think she should come up and get an award, give her an award. That's fine. She yes. deserves the award. Like a legacy award. Or, but I don't want to see her singing and, and just, well, I don't know, it's, it's, it hurts okay, me. So- here, here's the like flip side of it. You no, have everybody, jo- no, we're, we're good, and everybody's going, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Oh my, yeah, they know it's not amazing. They're no, full of shit. So, like here, so here's the thing. That was one of the things I was looking forward to, just see if she could still hack it, and she can't. And everyone after it being like, "Oh my gosh, she's amazing!" Joni Mitchell performing, blah blah. I'm like, I think she baloney. can't sing. And then the next person to perform right after is Billy Joel, who's getting up there in age two. But can do but it. But he can do it. So it just goes to show you that not, not everyone should be getting up there and singing, even though they are if legends and it, deserve to be recognized. My friend saw Tom Jones, who's like 81, at, at, at Forest Hill Stadium. Mm-hmm. Tom Jones, <laughs> he can still do it. He burns the house down he can, every he's, single he's, he's still going, it's not unusual. He can still do that nonsense. <laughs> so if you can still do it, great. Exactly. That was probably one of the more disappointing Mm -hmm. aspects to the Grammys. Mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo's performance was also very, like, lukewarm and subpar. I saw this video of her doing Uptown Girl with Billy Joel at the Garden. She's like a... He just picks them out of the audience to sing with them. It's like she's a little teenager. And while this has become while this has become the snarkiest episode we've ever done, right? Can I ask an open question uh, related to the artistry of this Carlisle person? Why is she the darling of America's for? Yeah, yeah, Brandy Carlisle. She's like mm-hmm. the one who I think she's the one who's like dragged Joni Mitchell out of her house. Exactly, because yeah. she brought exactly. up. She, I think she was at the Newport Jazz Festival with her. That's where it started. And. You know, I'm I'm frankly tired of of her uh, attire and her, you know, like performing side by side with icons. This is the who we hate episode. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I just don't get it. I mean, she's on. She has access to every iconic artist that's ever recorded over the last five years. I don't get it. I saw one of the performances too. It's like. 
the records she makes are kind of cool they're interesting but live it's like she's just whispering like billy eilish God. every song is like hi i'm gonna whisper now and now and now i'm singing a song my brother's gonna play the piano well, again. Uh, <laughs> billy that's exactly how she sounded at the grammy i'm gonna too, whisper she, again yeah oh wait a second barbie i'm whispering but now billy quiet, did win a grammy so of course she did because she's whispering so the, i think the most surprising win of the night was Miley Cyrus. Oh, I like me, I like me some Miley. Well, I don't know why it is, but why do I love her? I no, love here's her, the thing. man. I think it... I, looking like Thunderdome, baby. And she... No one expected her to win. And the fact that she won not one, but two Grammys, I mean, amazing for her. And she... And did she, she say did. something like, like when she wanted everyone to sing along and they didn't uh, see? She goes, "You know the song." Come yeah, on. she yeah, knows. Yeah. She interrupted it and she yeah. ad libbed, and it was amazing. You all know the song. Come she on, was, man. It was like a throwback to like the late '80s and '90s. Her attire yeah, she's too, like and the, how she's like the new Cher. <laughs> she's my, well, I think she, she's trying to in, embrace her uh, godmother Dolly a little bit too. With the the well, she's just, she's just. Well, I don't know why, but I like her. More than by all the new artists, for some reason, I dig Miley Cyrus. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. And the more outrageous she is, the more I like it, right? So it's a, kind of prevents me from being the curmudgeon that I want to be. There's like, <laughs> you, know? you know, I just like, I don't know. It's like, I find, who am I to be the, the judge of this? But I find people like, I see like them walking the red carpet. I see like Taylor, all her kindness. It seems so... Yeah, Put it's, on. It's not real. None of yeah, it's, it's real. It seems inauthentic. I don't. You know, her faces are are all shucks. There's Come on, very man. little authenticity in this in this thing. Yeah, but but, but I think but Miley seems to be real. Yeah, hey, yeah, man, she's I'm, like, yeah, like, I'm winning the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, listen to us. Uh, so I would like to get both of your thoughts on the Universal Music Group TikTok agreement debacle that has at least played having, my tiktok feed for the last week i i think having worked with that level of uh publisher i can tell you that there are a bunch of things that they do in the interest of keeping the price high that it's not really in the best interest of the artist so when they take something away from somebody or say you're not paying properly for it it's not necessarily in the best interest of the artist, and they shouldn't be commended for it. There's this very kind of esoteric defense of copyright infringement called misuse of copyright, where I'm actually misusing the copyrights I've acquired in order to set the price higher than it should be. I think that the major publishers and the major rights holders a lot of the time border on this misuse of copyright. That's my exp that's my explanation of how I think about it. I don't think TikTok is all bad. I don't think Universal is all good. I can assure you of that. Well, and with that said, We have a guest today. Today, Don Kirshner Jr. Oh, he's here today. Back. In today's history of rock. And today, guys, this is Don Kirshner Jr. Jr. 60 years ago today, the Beatles landed at JFK and started Beatlemania and the British Invasion. And so that's it, baby. So that's on this day in music, 60 oh. years ago. This is Don Kirshner Jr. Jr.
Say what you will, uh, the business was more fun and better when Don Kirshner was in, 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 in the house. Right. <laughs> I mean, Don Kirshner wouldn't have removed all his copyrights. Well, the monkeys from the, fi- fired him. From TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Carl, what are your thoughts on it from, like, the artist's perspective? I have no. I, I really I don't, don't. I have nothing thoughts about it because I'm not with Universal. I don't care. So you know. <laughs> well, for me, I guess because our podcast is all about the independence. I know everyone's getting on Universal for pulling it, and some of the AI stuff I do agree with in terms of like likeness and things getting stolen and wanting to protect the artist that way. But like the independence complaining about Universal that there nothing has happened to their music, it's time for them to take advantage of TikTok. Considering yeah, they're Taylor stupid Swift because like, because yeah, that, that's it, my it, biggest it opens, thing. It's it like, opens the door for them; they're idiots. Yeah, so like, you know the rise of TikTok needs to happen in, in the independent world right no, now. No, but what happens? Your, and I like any like any of these companies that are trying to like you know put a damper on these social media empires like TikTok, you know. Crush them. I don't care. I think everybody should say, no, you can't use our music. All of them. Just have a backup plan for when things go sideways. TikTok could shut its doors tomorrow. Who's complaining? uh, Universal artists? Universal artists and artists who are quote unquote independent, but like signed an umbrella deal and didn't read the fine terms. So what? They're not making independent. There are some independent artists who are like, I'm so glad I don't have a record deal. because. What's annoying me right now, Nicole? Mm-hmm. Why are we talking so much about music? The second, <laughs> this, is, this is the second episode in a row we're talking about music stuff. Sick of it. There's been so much that has happened in the last like 10 there days. There has been a lot. So. And I'm not a big, you know, I hate to say it, I, I've never was a big fan, but Toby Keith, right? That was very, sup- I woke up at like 5 in the morning yesterday. Well, I know and he opened was sick. I know he was yeah, sick. Yeah, he had stomach cancer. Yeah. But like to see that, I mean, he was 62. He was so young. People are saying that he exited well. So. Yes. That's good. It's sad when anybody dies that young. I know. But on that note, do you want to hear some more music? We can stop talking about it and listen to it. That's a much better plan. Do we have anybody to sponsor us this week? We do. So we are going to listen to Taylor Hall's next single, which is What I Choose. But before that, we are going to hear from our unofficial official sponsor, Bongo Java, in honor of our fourth anniversary that's coming up in a few weeks. Whoa. This episode is officially, unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. While Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com. Patterns we're born into Time for me to start something that I choose That I choose That's what I choose What I choose What I choose What I choose Waking up and feeling grateful Used to dream about this version of my life that I'm creating 
memories that I've been making with all of my friends Late LA nights, all the places we've been Finding the joy, even when Things have been rough and it seems like no end That's what I choose What I choose What I choose What I choose Finding the good in the bad moments Even when it seems impossible Finding the strength to go on and keep pushing through every obstacle Having the faith that all of these lessons will make me unstoppable Crafting my pain with stories and melodies making them beautiful That's what I choose I like that she does. I like yeah. that she, um, I love that she says things over and over again. Like in the mm-hmm. first way, my way, my way, my way, different ways. And what I choose, what I choose. I like, wish she can use the same line, but, but sing it different ways and just really drum it in. I dig that. I like how positive that is. I mean, uh, right. that's a really difficult thing to do is write a song that's like exudes that confidence and that, and that gratitude, you know? That's a hard thing to do. And that, that was without it being like kind of, Pollyannish, right? Right, right, right. But I thought I thought that was great. I thought it was good. I liked it. I like her. Well, good. She found us, so she submitted to us back in November, and we're finally featuring her, which is a good. Yeah, thing. a lot of people are finding wow. us and noticing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's in. I mean, some great, some not so great. Um, but- <laughs> <laughs> well, people just do what they do, you know. And it's like I think that it's incumbent upon us to say, you know, it's like. Okay, well, this appeals to us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that if it doesn't appeal to us that it isn't valid. I mean, I've got a whole house full of records that I love some, I like others. Some I bought that I don't even really like. I've mm-hmm. only listened to them a couple times. I always approach this as, did that enrich my life, that mm-hmm. two and a half or three minutes? And most times, I get something out of it, right? Yeah. Well, and... I think, too, it's so fun that we were getting a lot more international submissions who are, like, Googling music podcasts to be on, and we're one yeah, that like comes that. up. What's so. great about it is because we are, we're lazy, <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we don't have to search for anybody, so they're just finding us. We don't have to be bothered, you know, looking for No, people. we're not lazy. We've put in the work the we're last lazy. four years that Google is finally recognizing well, I'm, us. I'm lazy, so. that's all. <laughs> Anyway, You're so the least of I, I, th- I think she told us a bit. Of, she told us a little bit about herself, didn't she? She did. She answered our question of the week this week. And the one question she answered this week is, which was, "Tell us a little bit about yourself." Hey, my name is Taylor Hall. I'm a 23 year old singer songwriter based in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. I've have a long background in music. My dad is a singer-songwriter, and he does production, so I always kind of followed his shadow going to the studio and watching him write songs, and I learned how to play the guitar at around 13 years old and started crafting my songwriting. I kind of just played in talent shows but never really thought I would take it seriously until fast forward 2020. I was leading protests and traveling and speaking about love, and then my dad wrote a song about standing for love, not hate. And I realized that you can put so many messages and so many stories in music that people might not understand 
when you're just speaking. So I started releasing music and traveling and performing. And now I'm in LA doing community grassroots work full time, as well as music. And I think of my songs as stories and my music as messages. So whether that's speaking about mental health or speaking about finding yourself and your purpose in your 20s, I realize that people can resonate with that. So if there's anything to take from me, it's that all of my songs are parts of my life and I'm happy that I can share them and help people along their journey. Ooh, that's good. She's one of them advanced young youngins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's good. Yeah, Carl, you know, uh, do you know, or did you ever meet Sam Tate, the guy that? I oh yeah, sure. With? Sam and Sam, Annie. Sam and Annie Tate. They wrote many hits uh, back in the day, back in the nineties, two thousands, two thousand ten, probably over three decades. But I signed them to the company that I worked for, and. Sam is really kind of a songwriting guru for me. I mean, I always was able to help him in the in the publishing area, give him my opinions and do a little editing and whatnot. But he was just a brilliant guy. And you know what he said to me one time, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know what the hardest thing about being a songwriter is? And I said, I don't know. What's that? And he said, getting up in the morning and figuring out whether or not you have anything to say. <laughs> and so she certainly has... She's got a great wellspring of stuff to write about if she has an activist brain, right? I commend her. I think that's great. Plus the fact we just talked about the positivity of it. So she's going to write some great songs. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Some people give me hope for the future on this planet. But <laughs> There you go. There Neither you go. me or Greg do, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of... What else did Daniel's talk about? No, Toby Keith, the Grammys, and TikTok versus Universal Music Group were my three topics That's that what I brought you to the had table. On your, yeah. On your list. And the, well, yeah. I had the Billy Joel song, we did that. Yeah. All relatively depressing, if you ask me. The, Beatle, <laughs> the Beatles. All topics. Well, I think the most uh, non depressing thing is it's going to be 65 degrees in Nashville today, ooh. and it's going to be sunny. So, yeah. stark contrast from two weeks ago. Yeah. Are we done? I yeah. think we're done. Get us out. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure you listen all the way through because we have one more song by Taylor called Caged Bird. For everything we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Of the way, need to break me out this cage. I'm learning to fly.